evening and welcome to game two of the 2023 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV featuring the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat and your Western Conference champion Denver. NBA Straya, how are you going? How are you going? You're right. I bloody well hope so because it's a Monday. Why wouldn't you be great? I'll tell you that much. This is NBA Straya, and I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a very good website. It's called CodeVet. Go check that out. Uh, but you can also see this podcasting mug of mine on Fox Sports Lab NBA with my good friend Jack Heron, my good friend Machine Sasha Vujicic, or you can see me in the paper. Every day. Boy, howdy, did I get today's wrong. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, I'm here at Larry Armour Studios hanging out, giving you all the ins and outs of the NBA Finals. Finals, 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 finals. Uh, while repping Australia a bit, that's what we do. Uh, little bit of news on the Australian front, at least for the World Cup. We've got some USA reps. We've got some coaching news. We've got game two of the finals to wrap up as well. And wasn't it a belter? Miami. Come storming back. Absolutely smashed him in the second half. Jeez. I will tell you what. Uh, so we'll break that down with that's not an eyefold, mate. No, mate. Spud of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some Yanazi on popular opinion of the day. Now, back take us. We were serving up. Flame Girl takes. There's an Andrew Goes. Great mum reward for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. And a very brief preview for Thursday's Game 3. So I've got a couple of days off, so we won't do a show tomorrow. We'll probably do one Wednesday as a big preview show and then wrap up on Thursday. Sound good? Good. Let's bloody well get into it. We'll uh, also have a deli review at the end of this one. So you better stay tuned to figure out what's it about. It's pretty good too. Right, episode 945 NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. You better. Better watch out for the spolster attack if you're Ramona Shelburne. Shelburne? Uh, That's an untrained eye. (laughs) That read of making Joker into a score. You've got to be a dummy to think that, Ramona. Boy, doesn't Ramona love her narratives, though. Jeez. It is a pretty simplistic take. Oh, if you turn him into a scorer, you're more likely to win. <laughs> yes, that's right. But uh, Spo came back at her pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, the dude's the best player in the NBA, man. He's won it twice in a row, eh, the old MVP. So maybe just pump the brakes there, man. I'm like, oh, if you make him a scorer, bro, it's not that great. So just chill, eh? <laughs> It's like, all right. I think she. I think you've had enough there, Spo, and I think she's copped it as well. The crazy part is that this makes it now, I think, three straight this playoffs. When Joker's gone for 40-plus, they're 0-3. That is gnarly. So, I mean, you made him a score, you win. Anyway, let's get into some news. The way we start every show here at NBA Australia is with the daily. Ah, uh, it's a whip around, Jim. I'll get it. Not bad, see? You got a whip around? And it goes, because it's a whip crack. Yep, that's right. Coaches! Good times. Good times. Frankie Vogues, he is off to Phoenix. So this broke uh, after we did the show the other day. You're like, oh, okay. Pretty gnarly. Um, very, very, very interesting decision, I think, especially when everyone was blathering on about, oh, it's Kevin Young's job. Well, cool. It's actually Frank Vogel's job because he got it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Look, Vogue's impressed me defensively when he was with LA. Uh, he did also have, like, a late, late, late in his peak, LeBron James, to get him that title and a uh, healthy Anthony Davis, and a bubble. 
and when <laughs> things weren't going his way in LA, it all fell the fuck apart. So we'll see what happens. And um, it's a pretty interesting one. Like Vogue's, I think, is a good steadying hand for that Phoenix team, right? He's a championship winner. That's not bad. I kind of like it. I would have preferred someone with like more offensive nous, kind of like a Nick Nurse. Like I feel like we did have a great question. Uh, it's in a year Nas about uh, the coaching carousel from our man uh, IMB and Matthew Bassett. Uh, but it's you sort of get to the end of the process and you're like, did, did everyone get where they should be? Or did someone pull the trigger a little bit early on a coach and now like everyone sort of feels like they're in slightly the wrong spot and that's how I feel now? <laughs> like Adrian Griffin, fine in Milwaukee, but Philly, Nick Nurse? And we see they go, yeah, what they definitely needed was more offensive sort of like um, Nurse and like being smart and kind of being really more creative. Yeah, they did to a degree. But they also maybe needed like a Monty Williams kick in the ass kind of vibe. You know? And now Phoenix has uh, Frankie Vogues, and you're like, well, I feel like he also would have worked pretty well there in Philly. Can we just swap him? <laughs> just just swap him around, man. Come on. No. Oh, well. Uh, it was also announced that uh, Kevin Young, he'll be the top paid assistant in the league as well, considering they basically clearly offered him the job at one point, and then Frank Vogues went, oh, actually, hey, could I have that job? And they went, oh, fuck, we already told Kevin we should give it to him. Well, let's offer him $2 million a year, and maybe he'll be happy with that. And he's like, ah, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I also love it when Doc Rivers, oh, Doc Rivers takes his name out of the running. It's like, yeah, because he got told he's not getting the job. <laughs> so Vogel gets it. Kevin Young goes as the top paid assistant in the NBA under Vogues. Uh, so Kevin Young there, not bad. Kevin Ollie is off to Brooklyn as an assistant. That's a big day for Kevin's. Kevin Ollie, you might remember, uh, goes out, does some great things with the uh, with UConn, and then it all went to shit. Um, but now he's back in Brooklyn, just in case, just in case. And I don't mind this as well because uh, I don't have a giant amount. Like Jacques Vaughn as a coach, I'm just having watched him in person coach like Orlando, and now for a big chunk of time for uh, Brooklyn, not wildly convinced, but. Anyway, James Bray goes after the Pelicans. Jeez, there's a lot of coaching news. Not bad. A former Charlotte head coach. Uh, but the big one is Sam Cassell. Oh, big ball dance Sam. Big ball Sam Cassell. He's off to Boston to take over from Joey Muzz when he gets shit-canned halfway through next year. I mean, as an assistant. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> 100% of a chance Sam Cassell is the coach of Boston by the end of next season. Just saying. Just saying. But that's a great move. I actually really like that. It's like, yeah, get a coach that the players fucking love, former player, bit of a bit of a, I don't know, strategic brain on him because he's got that big old alien-looking head, Sam Cassell. So pretty cool. Uh, Jar Morant. There are reports already that he might be out for half of the season with that suspension next year. You, you fuck with me, Jar, says Adam Silver, and you'll fucking cop it, mate. Don't, don't fucking look me in the face. And say, oh, I really like guns. And I won't play with guns anymore. And then fucking play with guns, mate. I will suspend you for half a season. Okay, Adam. All right, settle down. Oh, I've got a boner. I want to suspend everybody. All right, Adam, just fucking back in the box, mate. Anyway, we'll see what happens after these finals are done because uh, it's going to be such a bombshell, according to Adam Silver, that I had to just blow the finals off the map, mate. So, all right. Good on you. And the last little bit of news, I mentioned this at the top, the World Cup is coming up, obviously. Austin Reeves, Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man, Bobby Portis fighting Bobby Portis. He'll be fighting around the world and the rest of the world. And who else? Tyrese Halliburton, Mikael Bridges and co. Some pretty interesting names already out there for that World Cup squad. So we'll see what happens with the rest of it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's going to be uh, pretty fun to watch Jingle and Joe Ingles like just lock down Mikael Bridges. But Halliburton will be really fucking good. Anthony Edwards is going to be gnarly. Austin Reeves is pretty good for that team as well. Bobby Portis. But I'm also just saying. I'm just saying. We could fucking win this. Just saying. Just saying. Let's go. <laughs> All right. That'll do for news. I don't. It's just 
let's focus on some finals because that seems important. Um, let's do it. Bit of game two. Absolute Barry Crocker shocker from Denver. They shit down their legs. It's the game two. Game rip, 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 game rip. That's right. Game two of the NBA finals, finals, finals. What a game it was. It was weird. Like, Denver sucked to start off this game. Miami ended up winning it, 111-108. And in that second half, absolutely fucking put Denver in the hurt locker. Just dumped them in a bin and then just bashed the bin with a cricket bat. It was absolutely fucking brutal to see. They scored 60 points in the second half compared to 51 for uh, Denver. And so, you know, when Denver were up (laughs) at the half, well, when you get outscored to that degree in the second half, guess what will happen? You fucking lose, you idiots. And that's exactly what happened. Um, It was a really, really strange first half, right? So just to sort of break it down, uh, we we start Kevin Love the Heat in place of Caleb Martin. Martin was apparently sick. Um... Having been in Colorado, I've been sick as well. Was it the weed, Jim? Maybe. Was it all the boozing as well? Yes. (laughs) Was it also the altitude? I think it was a combination of all three. Boy, howdy. I felt fucking whack. Anyway, uh, this is... So Kevin Love comes in, and the heat, absolutely fucking flaming hot to start this game. You've got Struess and Vincent absolutely on fire. Struess has three threes in the first quarter before he can fucking blink. Ends up with four threes in the quarter. It's like 24-15 Miami. And you're like, what the shit just happened, bro? But it was 10-12 to start, right? Jimmy gets to the line. And then you have this moment of like, it's 21-12, bro. What is what is happening? Denver, all their shots look short. That was probably the strangest part to me. It's like, oh, Miami are traveling up into like the Colorado altitude, man. And it's going to get a bit weird, eh? So we'll see what happens. And uh, Denver were the ones leaving them short. But more importantly, the Denver defense was fucking horrible. Like, legitimately horrible. Like, just between MPJ and KCP, Michael Porter Jr. and the, the notorious KCP, K- Contavious Caldwell Pope, like Struess just getting fucking wide open. Vincent being left wide open. Even Cody Zeller, like, scoring in the paint. Just, it was so easy. But... After all that, they get up 11 to the heat in the first quarter and just they sort of go bang. Like six straight Nuggets points towards the end. Bam goes to the bench and the Nuggets dominate. And that was sort of like a bit of a theme throughout this game. Because I think from there you had Brown, Jokic and Braun, Brown scoring. And again, that sort of became a bit of a story in that first half for the Nugs, right? I think So I did a quick live stream on the old, uh, on the old socials at halftime. And the Nuggets bench had 20 points by the half. I think it was compared to five for the Heat. Uh, yeah, that swung pretty dramatically in the second half there, Jim. Yes, it did. Uh, to the tune of 26 in the end from the Heaters compared to 26. There you go. I believe for the Nuggets. So, but Brown, Jokic, and, uh, sorry, Brown, Green, and Brown. It's just a lot of colors. <laughs> it's- uh, but the better defensive effort, boom. Like Then we get in the second quarter, the uh, Nugs sort of just locked down on defense just that little bit more. And you're like, here you go. Jeff Green hits a three. He scores five points out of nowhere. Denver up 33-29. Defense in offense. Murray hits a three after missing a three at the end of the uh, first quarter. So they were down 26-23 after the first. Murray has a good look to tie it up. That's weird because that's exactly what happened at the very end of the game as well. So in the first quarter, Murray misses the three. At the end of it, Murray misses the three. Interesting. Gordon hits a shot. It's a 21-point turnaround at this point, 39-29. And basically by the time it's sort of, they keep eking out points, it's 48-35. The bench is smashing it at this point. Braun's getting it. Brown is getting on a dunk. Al Jefe's getting free throws. And this is it. At that point, you're kind of like, Denver, never stress the offense. And even Michael Malone is sitting there in those like huddles going, don't fucking worry about offense, bro. That'll come. It's going to be fine. 
just fucking play proper defense or I'll smash her. And that's where they fucked it down the stretch. So a bit of a comeback though, and this is kind of the point at the end of the second quarter where you're like, Denver should be up more. It was a bit of a worry. Like a 12-2 sort of run over three minutes, uh, I believe, from Miami, right? So Vincent gets to the cut for an and one. There's a the first horrible foul from KCP on a desperation three, uh, I think from Vincent, right? Um, where it's like, oh, no, it might have been on Struce. Yeah, it was on Struce. Like 0.7 left on the shot clock. And KCP is just reaching and Struce is like launching from fucking 30 feet away. You're like, what are you doing, KCP? Butler scores over KCP on the next possession as well. It's 52-45. Uh, they had been down 15, and now it's only seven with two minutes left in the second quarter. Vincent scores again. It's that 12-2 run, and you're like, bang. It's like a fucking five-point game, mate. What is what is going on? <laughs> it ends up, what, 57-51 at the half? And you're like, okay. Yeah, not bad, but geez, the Nuggets turned that around dramatically in the second quarter and then just fucking shit the bed again. Michael Porter Jr. was missing more open threes than, like, me just shooting by myself, which is a lot because Michelle just fucked. But he got rightly taken to task, I think, after the game by Michael Malone. He's like, yeah, if you're not hitting your shots, it doesn't matter. Fucking play defense. And MPJ's like, oh, but I wasn't hitting my shots. Anyway, horrible start for Denver in the third quarter, though. And that happened again in the fourth. It's like this weird thing where they came out lacking focus. Like Gabe Vincent hits a three. Gordon responds. They just went back and forth at the start of the second half. And the problem was, it was like 11-7 in the first two and a half minutes. And that tilted the game back towards Miami. And then it just became a fucking stoush. And you know who's usually going to win a stoush? The Miami fucking Heat! 11-7 in that first two and a half minutes. They outscored them by four. But that's all they needed because now it's like 62-64. Joker gets that weird clear path foul. That was a dumb foul again. Bam, drives right around Aaron Air Gordon. It's a 66 tied game all of a sudden. And like Denver, they start manufacturing shit out of nowhere. Michael Porter Jr. like gets a shot to drop. Only his second shot of the game basically. And uh, Jokic starts doing work. He's like, fuck it. Nelson Munzers it. He's like, I'll just do it myself. And the third quarter just turns into a bit of a grind from that point on. Like, they got up back five. It was like 73-68. Bam, hits a floater off a beautiful Butler pass. And Miami just keep sticking around. Like, it's 77-75. Joker banging down low on Zella. But Larry responds with a three. He gets a steal, then called for an offensive foul. It's a minute 30 left in the third. You get two huge buckets from the Joker and and one. Then he drives for everybody. And you're like, oh, shit, cool. He just scored five points out of nowhere. Cody, the bank teller, Zella, loses the ball and then fouls Joker on the next possession. So it's 83-75. 18 points from the Joker in the third quarter. And you're like, all right, you're up eight. You're up eight going to the fourth quarter. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, it's Jimmy fucking Neutron. Watch out. The man with the biggest fucking head in the NBA, Duncan Robinson, Oh, I'd like to have a beer with Duncan because you can fucking rest all your beers on his forehead. Like, holy shit. Ten points! Right out the gate. Absolutely incredible. Like, it's on. Vincent hits a three and they're up. They start out like eight and two. It's like he scores ten points basically out of nowhere, Duncan Robinson, to start the fourth quarter and completely fucks up Denver. So I've banged on about how Denver just don't have those weird sort of uh, lulls in offense. And you're like, well, Jim, usually you're right. (laughs) Unfortunately, in this game, they had two of them. One at the end of the second quarter uh, where basically they ground to an absolute fucking halt over the last five minutes, uh, basically, of that sort of, of that second quarter, right? They had 50 points. They scored seven the rest of the way. And then at the start of the fourth, the exact same thing happened, right? So they go into it up eight. You're feeling pretty good. And then it all falls apart. Duncan Robinson hits a three right out the fucking gate. Just goes bang. It's a five-point game. Uh, I think El Jefe Green gets a couple of free throws. Duncan Robinson drives and makes a layup. And you're like, what is happening now? 
Robinson hits another three, and then Gabe Vincent hits that three. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Denver are now down. It is absolute chaos at that point. So uh, you've gone, I believe that's a 13-2 run at that point to open the fucking quarter. 88-85, and it becomes 15-2 after some more bullshit fouls in less than three minutes. They start off, what, 6-6 six six to start the fourth quarter. Bam, throws one in, and it's just an avalanche at this point. Like, they just go, dunk, dunk, bump, 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 fuck you, Gabe Vincent with like an and one as well. And, well, no, he had free throws, and he's like, oh, shit. Well, maybe the joke will save us, and he kind of keeps going, but then Butler hits that stupid three. Absolutely crazy. Like, Joker gets one to go in the paint. It's 92-89. They're facing a zone. Uh, Brown sort of drives around it and stuff, and you're like, all right, cool, but Jesus. Butler hits a three. They go back up 95-89. They're 16-31 from downtown at that point. And then Butler goes, oh, I'll get three the hard way as well. Boom! Three-point playoff, a drive, 98-91. And then probably just the absolute fucking soul sucker. KCP, another foul on a three-point shooter. This time, just fucking, it's just such a dumb foul. It's his fifth as well. That's six points off free throws that KCB has just given up. This one that's on Lowry. Lowry, it's, oh, he kicked at me. He's like, Lowry, that was like the less, the least egregious sort of kick forward I've ever seen Kyle Lowry actually do. Just a dumb KCP foul. Bam, bunks and an, dunks and an and one. And it's 28-10 in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. They absolutely put them to the sword. Miami shoot 9-10 to start the quarter. They're up 11. 104-93. And then the Nuggets go, ah, oh, fuck, we better score quickly. Eight, 104-95, Joker gets one from Jamal in the paint. Timeout Miami. Another backbreaker, though. This is the defensive letdown that you just keep seeing in this game time and time again. Caleb Martin hits a three off an offensive rebound uh, off a Butler miss, right? Caleb Martin does sweet fucking dick all in this game, apart from just throw the dagger, the dagger right in there. Back to six. Gordon hits a three. Murray hits a three. Butts hits a massive bucket with two minutes to go. It keeps him up 109-101. And you're like, what is going on? Brown makes something out of nothing. It's 109-103. Murray hits another three. It's 109-106 a minute to go. The toughest one, however, is in there, and that is the Bam Adebayo goal tent, which looms, I don't know, pretty fucking large. So that happens when it's 104-93. And it's very clearly on the way down. And in a game where you lose by three, just to have the refs just go, oh, nah, that's that's probably uh, that's probably good. <laughs> it's like, how do you not just fucking check that? What are you doing? Um, but that was pretty bullshit, and you should feel pretty bad if you're a Nugs fan. But still, look, because they then sort of go off. The problem is they don't play with any of that sense of urgency for the start of the fourth quarter, uh, for when I think the biggest sort of thing here is the defense, but also they wasted a really good bench game and a non-joker minutes game, which is probably what's going to hurt them the most. So anyway, they trade buckets down the rest of the stretch. It gets to 111-108. Murray has a good look at the very end. It does not go down. Should he have called it? Should Michael Malone have called a timeout? I tend to vibe on if you think you've got the advantage, then just fucking go for it. I would rather, however, see maybe a timeout and give the ball to Joker and let him make the decision about how we're going to get an open three. The thing is, Jam and Jamal Murray has Jimmy Butler on him. He does get a good look. It just doesn't go down. And this was just... Look, Murray was sort of heating up, obviously, in that fourth. He'd hit a couple of threes. He was feeling pretty good. He'd had a pretty shit game otherwise, so I don't know. Nothing easy uh, when you're playing the Heat. This is it. Nuggets lose their first game at home. Absolute chaos. My Nuggets 4-1 bet is still on, (laughs) but jeez! Never doubt the heart of a Miami Heaters! That's it. They're not quite the head champions, these guys, but fucking hell. They fought and fought and fought. Denver's defense was absolutely abysmal. Just 
The amount of breakdowns on pick and roll coverage they had, Jimmy Butler would drive baseline, Michael Porter Jr. just like completely spaced the fuck out, bang a Strews three or bang a Vincent three, and it was just unbelievable. Amazing shooting by the Heat, though, and this is how they'll beat you. This is how they beat Milwaukee. It's how they beat Boston. If they just have that game where they're feeling it, it's like, no, 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 we're just going to hit all our threes today. Fucking sucked in, dickhead. And you're like, I'll pay that. Because they work so hard. They work so hard for those threes that they're open. Like they're forcing their way open. 17 of 35 from downtown today. 17 of 35. It is really hard to lose a game if you're shooting almost 50% from downtown. I'm no math magician. And you hit six more threes in the other team. That is absolutely unreal. They also got to the line. It was two times in game one. It was 20 times this game. Uh, That was a lot of Vincent Strews dumb fouls by KCP, as mentioned. But just like a lack of discipline on defense that Denver had today. It was pretty weird because they're not bad. And it sort of looked like they just wouldn't let Denver have easy buckets. Like Aaron Air Gordon, he hit those two threes. And it's like, yeah, if you've got Aaron Gordon shooting threes, if you're Miami, it's like, fuck yeah, we'll take that every time. As long as he's not scoring like fucking 12 points in the fucking paint over the top of Caleb Martin, like as soon as look at you. So result for the Heat, 111-108. Now they have rested away home court advantage as they head back down to our South Beach. It's going to be incredible. Game three is absolutely fucking mega now. I'll tell you that much. All right. So let's do an NBA Australia approved performer of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. That is a knife. Bam out of bio. What a game. God, he was good in this one. This time gets the line. I'm going to give this to Adebayo and Struis. But Jim, Nikola Jokic had 41 points on 28 shots. Yeah, he did. He had four assists and five turnovers, the big Serb. It's a bit of a tough one. But look, Adebayo just dominated this game. Every, he was making the right decisions. He had a couple of rough turnovers, but um, he ends up with a 21-9-4. And, and we'll break down the box score now. So, like, the 21-9-4, he was a plus 17 in this game and he's 40 minutes. But... It was the way that defensively he was kind of like, like, yeah, Jokic scored 41, but at the same time, like, Adebayo is just like, that's cool, that's cool. I'm just not going to let you have really fucking easy looks to all your mates. How do you like that? And Joker's like, okay, I'll just score some more then. And they're like, that's all right, we'll take it. Um, but for the Nugs, you have, what, 12-7-2 for Aaron Air Gordon. Cool, fine. 18 for Jam and Jamal Murray. He has 10 assists as well, pretty cool. 3 of 8 from 3. Feeling fine, feeling good. And as mentioned, you get 26 off that bench. You get Al Jefe Green with nine points. He was fantastic. He hits one three, gets the line three other times. Well, for three other shots, right? So six to six from the line for his nine. He's a plus 12. Bruce Brown, plus 14. He has 11, five, and two. Two steals. Absolutely crushes it. Christian Brown, he's a plus eight. He has six, three, and three steals. They win the non-joker minutes. They win the bench minutes. To lose that game is horrible for Denver. Talk about a shitting down your leg because that all comes down to Michael Porter Jr. And the notorious KCP, who managed 11 points between them on 3 of 12 shooting. Jeez, I don't know. If I had blokes who could shoot good, we'd probably be fine. Yeah, you probably would be. Like The crazy part for me is like you get a couple of free threes out of Aaron Air Gordon. Even Joker throws in two of five. So he ends up with a 41-11-4 does the Joker. 41-11-4. But he has the five turnovers. Just a bit of a wobbly one. 16-28 from the floor. Just incredible shit. Two of five from the three. Seven of eight of the line. But then the five points, six rebounds from MPJ on two of eight shooting. And the notorious KCP, six points, six fouls, one of four shooting. Like, he hit a great settling bucket in game one. His three today was pretty nice as well, and then just nothing else would go down. He took a desperation three, trying to like drag a foul out of it. He gets the foul, hits three free throws. Does nothing else. Three free throws? Throws, Jimmy? Throws. There you go. Use your T's and your H's. But he was just horrible. <laughs> horrible, I told you. 
And they didn't really get beat elsewhere, like 13 turnovers to 11. They shot almost 40% from three, but they only hit 11 to the 17 of the Heat. And for the Heaters, 6 and 10 for Kevin Love. Incredible game. He was really, he only shot two of nine, two of six from three. But he did so much more. Just gave him that extra bit of size and the rebounding really helped. But 7 of 19 shooting, hits two threes himself, 21-4 and 9. Awesome game. Gabe Vincent, amazing. 23 points, 4 of 6 from 3. Uh, 8 of 12 from the floor. 8 of 12 from Gabe Vincent. Play a little bit of defense. Just saying, Denver. He was getting to the paint, hitting little jumpers, just skiving through. Then he hits his 4 of 6 from downtown. Awesome game. And Maxi Struess. Struess bounces back from the 0 of 10 in game 1. Hits 4 of 10 this time, all of which were threes, and all of which were in the first half. Well, first quarter. Absolutely crushes it. Uh, he had six assists as well. The bench, Duncan Robinson, 10 points all at the start of the fourth quarter. Amazing vibes. 10 points for him. Four or five from the floor. Two or three from downtown. Haywood Highsmith didn't give him much. A bit of a tough six minutes of uh, cardio for him. He had one offensive rebound. It was a minus 17. Caleb Martin played 21 minutes. He had three points. Every Boston fan is like, dude, where, dude, where the fuck was that in our series, kid? And Kyle Lowry, nine points, three assists, hit two big fucking threes and drew that extra dumb foul from uh, KCP to hit three or three at the line. You've got to give it to Bam and Gabe and Struess for stepping up. And then Jimmy Butler, as soon as it sort of starts falling apart, gets a bit wobbly. Duncan Robinson steps in, nails some shots, is feeling great. And then that big, big, big Butler three. Like, to go back up 95-89 was absolutely huge. And then the three-point playoff his drive to get them back up 7, 98-91. Just absolute fuck you moves. And absolutely, that's not a knife. I'm Jimmy Butler. That's a fucking knife. All right. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 I've already mentioned them, but it's Michael Porter Jr. and the Notorious KCP. Uh, as I mean, as I said, like three of twelve from downtown, two of nine combined from three for a total of eleven points. It was more though in terms of the spuds, not about exactly missing all their shots, which they did, and that was shit. But at the same time, they also really fucking struggled on defense. KCP, I mentioned his dumb fouls, just horrible stuff. But the amount of times that Michael Porter Jr. completely spaced out on defense, that might have been just like, in terms of like KCP costing you six points on just dumb fouls, another one where he gets like run over by Butler. Like six fouls to foul out KCP. He has another foul on Bam late. And Michael Porter Jr., though, just the way he sort of surrendered, it felt like at least 12 or 15 points that he was almost directly involved in would probably be the thing that pisses off Michael Malone the most, right? He's come along in so many leaps and bounds as MPJ, and then to have that game where it's like, my shot's not falling, so I'm going to do some weird dumb shit. <laughs> Has a sook, and it's just absolutely spudworthy. But at the same time, like, two of eight is also just really spudworthy shit. He only played the 26 minutes because Bruce Brown was better than him. It's like, yo, Michael Porter Jr., Wake the fuck up. What are you doing? He had 14 in game one, but obviously he couldn't hit the fucking side of a bar there uh, from downtown. He went 2 of 11 and 5 of 16 overall. You expected the bounce back to happen, and it just didn't happen at all. So he played basically exactly half the amount of minutes today. He played 43 minutes in game one. He had 14 and 13. Today, he plays 26 minutes. That's... Almost, you know, what's that, 17 minutes less than he did in game one. It's a big chunk of fucking time. Five and six. Brutal gear. One of six from downtown, two of eight from the floor. MPJ, KCP. There you go. There's a couple of spuds right there for you. Who was Old Mate No Mates, though? Old Mate No Mates. 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 Who's got No Mates? Ah... I feel like the Nugs uh, would probably have a bit of a problem with the refs. And if you're the Nugs fans, you'd be like, 
yeah, why do the refs fucking hate us, man? The start of the fourth quarter, where they're just sort of willy-nilly and just going, that's a foul, that's a foul on you, Oi, that's a foul on you, and then just completely miss the bam out of bio goaltend, and then an illegal screen basically straight after it. It felt particularly egregious. <laughs> it was incredible. And, yeah, the Nuggets didn't lose this because of the refs, but, geez, it did feel, uh, I'll get to this later, but Adam Silver just putting in the old, uh, the old dog and bone, just saying, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> having a shot, having a shot. Uh, also, old mate, no mates, Tyler Hero's facial hair. Uh, I don't know what you're doing with a bit of fucking ball hair on the bottom of your chin there, Tyler. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's not great. Literally, just like the most puby beard you will. Combining a puby beard and a bucket hat, like just scream out, hey, I'm definitely going to roofie the next chick I see. Like that's what that look screams at you. Like seriously, every you walk into a bar with that look, and 80% of the chicks are putting their hands over their glass, just automatically. Just, it's a tough scene, Tyler Hero. Tough scene. Anyway, uh, who got the pantsing of the night? Fatty, fat, 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 fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Uh, Bam yacked one. Absolutely yacked one on Michael Porter Jr. And it's just like, yep, yeah, that's uh, not great. <laughs> Woo. I can see why Michael Porter Jr. would get down after that game, but fucking hell. It's all about effort, and he fucks he fucked it up, MPJ, uh, but got dunked on by Bam. You love to see it sometimes. Just absolutely took it hard to the rim. I did like uh, Jam and Jamal Murray's as well. I think that was over Vincent, but um, yeah, crushed it. Who was better than Lonzo Ball? <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I kind of wanted to you know, keep up the Caleb Martin vibes here because he hits what the only shot he hit all game was one that put them up 107.95. Absolute dagger shit, which is hilarious. Uh, but it's got to go to, I'd like to have a beer with Duncan because he can shoot a lot. Duncan Robinson comes out, hits 10 fucking points to start that fourth quarter, just as like the Heat probably felt that game slipping away. He helped them win this game. He really did. It was just like it was a bit cooked. It was a bit cooked, and then it wasn't because Duncan Robinson went, ah, oh, okay, here's a couple of threes and some more points. And you're like, dude, he hadn't hit a shot all game, comes out and goes, bang. I mean, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? What was that? What the hell was that? Nobody knows, but Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Neutron himself, came out and did the damn thing. And there you go. Miami, tie up the finals. 1-1, one, one, you little beauty. Uh, with that in mind, let's do some yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Do some yeah nahs. Brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, do it. Uh, get your merch from nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just click through on the social, the very nice pictures on the socials. Get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. The hoodies are really good. It's also colder and hell at the moment, so uh, I don't know. Stock up. Why not buy a couple? Actually, the postage and handling might cost me a bit there, so... <laughs> Uh, don't do that. Uh, no, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie. I'm still waiting on the stubby holders. I've got to chase that up again today. Just, ah, uh, isn't it great running around little small business? Anyway, nbaaustralia.com slash shop, or just click through the socials. That'll just take you straight to the uh, awesome shop of store, and off you go. Easy. Help your mate Jim out. Uh, right, let's do some yeah, nahs. Is that just what Miami do now? Yeah, nah, yes, it is. I think that's the most bracing part of this game. That's just how they do it. Like, Denver, like, ah, we'll be fine. 
And Miami go, nah, not if we hit threes and defend like fucking absolute mad dogs and get weird fucking pop-up bits from Robinson and Big Booty Car, Larry, and a three from Cody, uh, Caleb Martin. <laughs> like, and Max Struess comes back and turns out he's alive. and Like, that's just what they do. They out-dog you. They've just got dogs in them the size of fucking, I don't know, pit bulls. Pit bulls the size of elephants. Elephants the size of moons inside them. But that's just what Miami do. And so going into this game, I did have that moment of like, fucking hell, like, really? Denver going to steamroll Miami again, again? Yeah, look. And so I picked them on, uh, yeah, I picked them on Friday's show. And as it sort of got closer and closer and closer, you have those moments like, oh, I don't like them at the line that much anymore, but fucking, oh, yeah. And I think we landed uh, in the paper. There was like one where I'm like, yeah, Denver and the under. And both of those miss. And you're like, yeah, that was it was a tough read for game two. Because if you like Miami, like this is the sort of game they're going to win. But it still goes over the total points as well. Because they hit their threes. But that's also the way they win. So it becomes like this weird mishmash of like how they do stuff. But they hit their threes today. They controlled what they could control. Like, they were just cooler under pressure. Like, they got to their spots. They looked crisper. Like, getting off to, an, like, a quick start, even though Denver sort of reeled it back in pretty quickly, like, I think that sense of confidence is just sort of what rings true. And then you saw it, right? At the end of the first quarter, Jam and Jamal Murray misses that three. Uh, and then the start of the third and the fourth, where Denver just sort of gave up the ghost. You just can't be doing that in a fucking finals game. Like, Michael Malone, have your dudes ready. Joker, be ready. Michael Porter Jr., get your head out your ass. Play some fucking defense. Like, that's the weirdest thing to me. But, uh, yeah, don't start so slow, Denver. Don't lose complete focus at the start of quarters. Sometimes that shit's not that hard. But sometimes, I don't know, if you're out there drinking your own bathwater a little bit, just thinking, nah, we're good, we're good. Like, every time they sort of tried to fire up the whirring death machine offense, and I think this is probably the thing that sticks out to me, is that Joker's like, no, 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 that's all right. I'll just look for my shot. That's fine. It's fine. Usually that's all good. But as we've seen, like if he scores over 40, they lose those games. So this is just what Miami do. They will drag you down to their level. They'll hit a shit ton of threes and they'll win the fucking game. So anyway, so with that in mind, are the Heat now a chance? Yeah, nah, fuck oath they are. Yeah. They really are a chance because they've seen the blueprint as to how they can win. This is the first time Denver have lost at home these playoffs. They've lost their three playoff games so far as well on the road, Denver, before this one. So now Miami get to go home going, well, Denver aren't a great road team. Let's do it. Let's have a crack. And off they will. So not a great road team Denver in terms of just that overall uh, record obviously but like they're not bad and this is the thing oh well you see they were pretty shit on the road it's like no they weren't as good as they were on the road as they were at home you know simple as that sometimes but they were still Denver on the road 23 and 25 which was 8th in the NBA covering the line they were 23 and 25 as well so like not bad that was 19th. That's still not great, but, I mean, that's the line. So you're just a tick under 500. Tough, but it's okay. So the Heat are definitely a chance. Like, if the shooting continues, which we saw it happen in Boston, we sh- or against Boston, we saw it happen against Milwaukee, they can continue to hit threes. Like, it doesn't just disappear or, like, fade away. Like, uh, it's going to come down to Denver's defense and just go, right, how do you do it? Thing is, on the other side, is that... Would this be an all-time bottling by Denver? Yeah, nah, yeah. Like, they're more talented. They've got an MVP. They've got a better supporting cast. They had an imposing home record. But the size of their dog just pales in comparison to Miami's. Like, you could sort of see them go, oh, shit, we might lose this. Fuck, we better pay attention. And they came flying back. But they need that for the rest of the game, obviously. You can't, well, I think this is what Michael Malone said. You just can't flip the switch. On either side. It's like, nope. But the whirring death machine just sort of breaking down in this game is probably the biggest concern. Because now that's two games where 
what, Denver scored 104 points in game one and only 108 points in this game. Gave up only 93 in game one. Gave up 111 in this one. So, obviously, defensively is where they need to, like, just pull their fucking fingers out. Otherwise, this could be an all-time bottling, and it would be hilarious. Uh, But does that mean Denver are cooked? Yeah, nah. No. Flip side, Heat aren't a great home team. Watch out. 34 and 17 at home. Jimmy, that's pretty good. Yep. At the line, though, 21, 27, and 3. 25th against the line at home. So... Bit of a rough one. Remember, Denver went into LA, won both there. They went into Phoenix. They won one there on the road. They went into Minnesota and won one on the road as well. So just saying, Denver can win on the road. They have done so this postseason. Miami, look, they obviously lost a couple to uh, Boston in Miami. So here they are. Miami, pretty good road team, though. We just discovered that because they beat Denver in Denver. Absolute chaos. Nice. All right, we had a good run, as mentioned, from Ian Matthew Bassett, just about um, the coaching gear. What is it with the game of musical chairs that teams play with the coaches? Is it just so teams can look like they're doing something? We didn't win a championship, so we're going to fire the coach and hire another guy who got fired for not also winning a championship. Haven't they seen Ted Lasso? Maybe give someone else a chance. Yeah, nah, yeah. Look, I think a lot of this is uh, coaching pedigree, and I think we're just seeing like the speeding up of the coaching carousel where coaches get thrown off that carousel very, very quickly, and then they have to sort of jump back on really, really quick as well and hope that the horse that they've jumped onto just doesn't notice that maybe they weren't that good or maybe like the issues that they had at their last stop won't continue with us because we're smarter than that. And I feel like you just got to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig and figure out the coach that will fit your team's culture, your personnel. And it does sort of feel like a lot of these like the rinse-repeat vibe of what they're doing with coaches at the moment just doesn't sort of buy into that as much as I'd sort of think. Like Nick Nurse, like there was a reason Toronto like, uh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> See you, Nick. And Philly's like, oh, okay, cool. But the thing is, like Daryl Morey and Nick Nurse have got that relationship. So if they're all on the same page and they can sort of you know, build that team to their idealistic version of what they think can win an NBA title, then that's cool. Frank Vogel in Phoenix, it's like, all right. He got fired by LA, like, just because there was a bit of uninspiring gear going on. Like, do you want to run that risk in Phoenix? Monty Williams in Detroit, it's like, all right, he had personnel issues here and there, but he also helped Devin Booker become his best version of himself. Can he do that with Kay Cunningham or Jaden Ivey? Or will he alienate all three of his giant fucking centers there? <laughs> you know, that sort of shit. I don't know. But yeah, I think, uh, like as you saw with LA this year, just going Darvin Ham, cool. Nice one. We might see Milwaukee. I think the one that um, we didn't hit on is Adrian Griffin there in Milwaukee. Maybe that's the sort of thinking outside the box sort of vibe a little bit more. So um, I think that's kind of the... Spot where, well, we'll see it with Adrian Griffin. Maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll be sort of an outside-the-box thought, and maybe that'll be good. But it does feel weird that you go, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Mike Bouldenhoser, like, all right, cool, we're just, yes, they've got flaws. Maybe you run out of, you run your course with a specific team, perhaps. But I feel like these teams should be thinking a little bit more about what the flaws were and how you're going to avoid them this time around. Like, Bud's... Had his flaws, went from Atlanta, goes to Milwaukee, wins a title. Frank Vogel had his flaws, went from Indy, was good. Shit in Orlando, wins a title in LA. You know? Kind of weird. Now he's on Phoenix. (laughs) It's fucking weird to think. Anyway, it's a strange situation, and I don't know why they're so quick to go out and go, Whoa, we got Nick Nurse. All right, we got Frank, Frank Vogels. He's like, all right, man, all right. But I think Vogel will be all right for a bit. I do worry long-term with that Suns team. Gave up a lot to get KD. But then do you really need a great coach if you got KD? Just saying. All right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I think it's kind of that. I think it's like, 
Frank Vogel was good by the end in LA, but also got dropped for a reason. Nick Nurse, the same sort of thing with the Raptors. Like, yep, yeah, won a title in his first year and then sort of slowly just got... Eh. <laughs> so if your sort of point is to go on high, eh, congrats. Like, I'd, I'm pretty uninspired by both of those. So. Whereas Dallas are just like, no, nah, no, nah, we're good with Jason Kidd. <laughs> Until we run Luca out of town, we're fine with Jason Kidd. We've made our decision. What are you doing? Nick Nurse in Dallas would be so much better than Nick Nurse in Philly. I'm just saying. This is my point. I feel like the fits just aren't quite bang on. Frank Vogel in Philly, Nick Nurse in Dallas or Phoenix, just something like that. Buds in Toronto is hilarious. I don't know. I just don't know. All right. What about our back takeouts? Let's head there and see what they've got on the menu. It's Monday at our back. You know what that means? Oh, yeah. Took the squid in the uh, squid dose to daycare this morning. And on the way there, just fanging along in the pram. Cricket bats out the side, fucking wailing on some pigeons. And guess what? We're just going to chuck that on the menu, isn't it? That's right. Kookaburra wings. They're the fake ones this time. Only at our back. That's right. You're eating pigeon. Sucked in, dickheads. Only at our back. And today's Flame Grill take is, I fucking told you last week, Spo's playing rope-a-dope. He knew his guys wouldn't have it in them for game one after a grueling seven-game series. Off you go. They win game two. Heat in five. Only at Outback. Now, that was a good one I had last week. And if I turn into, like, the world's smartest Outback takehouse purveyor, then that's fine. But also, some of those egregious calls. How about Adam Silver's saw... What was going to happen with Denver after game one? And went, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to watch the Denver Nuggets have a sweep in my NBA finals. I'm going to put in a call to those fucking refs who are going to do my bidding. And boom, it's one all going into game three. Adam Silver's rigging it for ratings only at Outback. Oh, how about this one? The Nuggets are going to win the next four and still win in five. Only in... Wait, next three. Jesus. <laughs> win in five. Only at Outback. Uh, maybe. I probably believe that one the most. Uh, if the Nuggets went in there and won. Because uh, their history... Denver have uh, won a fair few of these games here against Miami, but that was the first one they've lost since uh, 2021, so... Pretty crazy, pretty gnarly. All right, let's do an Andrew Gay's Grand Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It's the and Andrew Gay's Grand Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. All right. Bit of excellence. Uh, that was the seventh double-digit comeback of the playoffs for this Miami Heat team. Seventh! That's the most in a single playoffs in the last 20 years. Uh, 25 years. Fucking hell. Uh, tied with the Warriors last year, who won the title. And the Miami Heat! Back in 11 and 12, uh, they won the title one of those years. So, this is the fourth time this has happened. And uh, two of those teams won the title. Not bad, not bad. Nikola Jokic also became the third player in playoff history with 500 points, 200 rebounds, 150 assists in a single game, uh, single run. LeBron did that four times. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good, that LeBron. And Larry Bird in 1987. Not bloody bad, not bloody bad. How about a quick Shane Hill shoot, shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award, though? Praise the Lord for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot is shoot. Shoot your shot. Light him up award. All right. 68.8%. That's what the Heat shot in game four. Uh, game two's fourth quarter. That's the third highest fourth quarter field goal percentage in an NBA Finals game in the last 25 years. That is ridiculous. Just going out there shooting 70% in the fourth quarter in a massive comeback. I'll pay it. <laughs> I will fucking pay it. That is some absolutely gnarly shooting. Great job. 
by the heck. All right. Paddy Mills Game Day, Ballgame Day, Twitter check in. Let's do it. This is more about the Jokic. Uh, no, the Jock Landale. Uh, not so much a Twitter check in, but a, well, it is actually a Jock Landale Twitter check in because it is fucking hilarious. Uh, so, Shams announced that uh, Tyrus Halliburton and Mikael Bridges have committed to the Team USA roster for the World Cup. Jock retweets that with bin emoji, shit emoji, bin emoji at Mark Mikael Bridges. Love it. Absolutely love it. I love him talking shit to Mikael Bridges. It's pretty funny. Good on him. Absolutely love that. <laughs> Just so much shit talk. And Jock's also uh, on the IG with the something not right with his pooch. The golden retriever basically on his hind legs shaking hands. Jock's dog is fucking awesome. All right, so we're going to do a big preview show on Wednesday for Game 3. But let's do a quick first blush game preview. Game preview, game preview. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah. Had a pretty chill weekend. Didn't do much. And uh, a bunch of footy. Say that much. Uh, We went 0 of 1 of the picks because we did not nail today's pick. So we are now 38 of 75 for the playoffs. And if we're going to look at this one, so that was for Monday's game. Uh, let's have a look at Thursday's odds and uh, see what the line says, see what they reckon. My guess is probably Denver still by like five and a half or six and a half. Let's have a look. Fuck, Denver by minus two and a half. Shit, I am taking Denver minus two and a half. They could easily win on the road. Talk about an overreaction. Fuck me. They are still favourites, though. I'll pay that. Uh, But, yeah, I'll be all over Denver minus two and a half. Look, Miami shooting, it was pretty good in game one. And, obviously, they had a horrible, horrible outing from both Martin, Struess, and co. And then, just today, Struess... And Martin hits a massive threes and Miami win. So there's a lot to sort of chew on if you're Denver. It's like, how do we cover those three-point shooters a little bit better? What are we doing defensively where we're not getting out there in time? How do we change that? Are we covering Bam enough? Because he is slicing and fucking dicing. Uh, gets a bit tricky, but I still think I'll take Denver minus two and a half. And I reckon we'll break that all down a little bit more on Wednesday. But first blush pick. Denver minus two and a half, and we'll go from there. Especially if I think if they bring back Tyler Hero, uh, I love that Denver line even more, just because I think Hero will just sort of end up taking shots away from dudes who are feeling it. And there you go. That's it for today. What a game two. We got ourselves a series, you little beauty. Either way, that's it for tomorrow. We'll be back on Wednesday now, because... Uh, Game three is not till Thursday, so we'll do a preview show Wednesday and uh, wrap it up for you on Thursday. Do a Friday show uh, to preview Saturday's game. See how we go. That'll be fun. In the meantime as well, you can uh, check us out on Twitter, Face IG. We'll do some live stuff, I reckon, on Thursday again. Uh, NFL Store with myself and Gaz. Go subscribe to that show. Code Bet Daily. If you're into your betting, we have our daily show for that too. That's Code Bet Daily on all your usual platforms. Uh, NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Buy a hoodie. Buy a t-shirt. Click through on the socials. Whatever you need to do. And of course, chuck us a rating and review for this show if you haven't already. What are you doing? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever weird Android app you use. (laughs) If you can rate and review it, comment. Whatever you need to do. Help you mate Jimmy out, would you? Do some comments. Just don't be mean. I'm so, I'm so fragile. (laughs) It does help out though, so come on. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song, and so too to House Hats, Joshua Dillarendis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshack Alami, Iowa, Sex Shaddai, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. So smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, and remember, NBA Australia, Sports Train Bands. All right, we're going to close out with a really quick daily review of Ted Lasso. Just the first episode of Season 3, though, that's it. Uh, and that'll be fun. And we'll catch you on Wednesday, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen.
yo, 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 here the fuck is your old mate Deli over here just swinging by from the latest pop culture review. And I gotta tell you, man, it's been pretty good being back home in like Australia and shit, like a bit of holidays, bit of working out, just getting all set up and shit for like the World Cup and all that sort of gear. But you know, just sort of hanging out, relaxing, maxing all cool, shooting some b-ball down at Maribara High School, uh, <laughs> but all that good shit, man. But yeah, the missus, she's like, oh, there's like a new seasons of Ted Lasso and shit. I'm like, oh, is that that bloke with that mustache? He's like the soccer coach? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that one. I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking chuck her on. So I watched the first episode of that new season and stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. It's pretty funny, I guess. Uh, I don't know, man, but like this third season, it's just like fucking, it's a bit chipper, a bit weird. I'm like... Could you be more funny? Well, I thought this show was meant to be funny. Like, it's got that, like, fucking, that bloke, he goes to that other team, and it's like, he's a bit of a dickhead, and, like, the black and white's that team, who's a dickhead, and, like, Ted Lasso, he's just like, oh, I'm a bit of a mess, but my boss, she seems pretty fucking cool, and, but Roy Kent is, like, the only funny character anymore, apparently. Maybe him and Coach Beard, but, like, you don't see fucking anything about the players and stuff. And you're just like, alright. So we'll see how I go the rest of this fucking season goes. But yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of like a bit, what's going on here with the first episode? So just saying, I'll probably give it about 16 out of 10 deli ones though. Cause like, you know, Coach Beard's fucking funny as, and Roy Kent is just fucking a pisser. So yeah, easy as. Alright, that's it for this week. We'll catch us next week or next time, whenever. You know, easy as. Deli out. <laughs>